I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You like Boris Johnson? Yeah, I mean, it's all right. You like Boris Johnson? It's all right. I mean, look, at I know his dad really well. Stanley was in the jungle with me. Oh, <laughs> now, me and Stanley got a bit tight. You know I, mean? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep it cool with Stanley. Otherwise, he call me up, Sammy. What are you saying about my son? Is he texting you? Stitch? He's I mean, still texting. We have a group still on there. Oh, on that's freaking phone. me out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, old Stanley Johnson. Stanley's like, man. Stanley's my boy, man. Why do you buy? I was um, involved in a, a bit of an incident. I was walking in a car. Two guys ran over to me, pulled a gun to my head, and, and I didn't, you know, obviously, life just flashes right past you. At that time, when I needed people's help, they weren't there for me. I had the problem with Anna Joshua, which I feel really bad for because at the end of the day, I put him in the firing line for no reason. So I lost a good friend through that. What would you like your legacy to be when people look back on your boxing career? I never gave up. I always kept pushing. Being Asian, having obstacles in front of me, having racism in front of me as well, I still came through it all. I read that you lost five million. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. What happened there? So Just... I built a wedding hall, cost me about 12 and a half million pounds. Where? Cost me in Bowen. <laughs> Yeah, it's here, it's massive. <laughs> Are you sure? You should have got married there. <laughs> On this episode of The Overlap, I travel to Bolton to meet a hometown hero and two-time world champion. Amir Khan rose to fame after becoming Britain's youngest Olympic boxing medalist at just 17 years old. We talk about his success in boxing and what the future holds for one of Britain's most successful sportsmen. Amir, we're in Bolton, welcome to the Overlap, and we're going to take you to a shop that I used to come to when I was younger with my right. mum and dad, but right. just tell me about your experiences of growing up in Bolton, what you think of the place. I love Bolton, you know, that's one, one place I will never forget, and what Bolton's done for me. I remember I used to quite, from my early days when I started my boxing career, I went to a small gym in Bolton in a place yeah. called Halliwell. Just off Halliwell Road, Yeah, yeah. My, my nan lived there. No way, she, Halliwell. Yeah, until she was 85. My wow. granddad. Yeah, so basically that's where I used to be at the boxing gym when yeah. I first started. It was in Halliwell and um, on Howell Road. And yeah. yeah, man, I mean, that's where I started. And I still drive past them areas and I, and I like to go to these. See, one thing about me, I don't know what, you, what it's like for you. So, you know, you, when, you, when you started off, yeah. I still like to go back to the old places and relive that moment. Do you feel nostalgic a little bit? Yeah. And a little bit like, you know, you're... I feel humble when I go drive past yeah, that. Yeah, it humbles me, but I want to just experience, like, what was I think? Well, how, how old must I have been when I was walking down this road and I walked in the same street? And I, and I, and I just think back, yeah. I think, I used to walk down the street when I was a kid. Yeah. And look where, where God's put me now, you know yeah. what I mean? And where boxing's taken me. Yeah. So I appreciate every moment yeah. like that, you know? And I like going to all these old spots uh, and, and a lot of these shops. And, like, now, uh, it's not a gym anymore. Yeah. It's something else. And But I still like to go there and have a look and think, at one time, this was a gym that made me who I am, you know? So you start appreciating things like that. What's, in terms of your childhood, how would you describe your childhood? You grew up in a, in a Pakistani Punjabi yeah. family in Bolton. Yeah. How would you describe that? Um, my dad uh, was a working uh, class man. He had his own uh, scrapyard. He was a mechanic as well. So he had his own garage and stuff. Uh, my mum was just a normal housewife. Did all the cooking for us. We used to eat like the typical uh, Asian food and stuff like that. Uh, but 
you know, that always was cool. He had nice cars and stuff, which was good when we used to go to school, get dropped off yeah. in a nice car and stuff. But my parents worked very hard yeah. to get us to where we were. And I remember when I used to go training camp and my dad used to give me like 20 quid. He'd go, oh, I have this for some sweets and stuff if you want yeah, some on yeah. the way. And I used to be like, wow, 20 pounds. And you know, and I appreciated them little small things that they yeah. did for me. I mean, because I wouldn't be here now. No. They, my dad used to take me to the gym or he used to drive me all the way to Bury from Bolton. It used to be about 20 minutes. I think, I used, at that time, I used to think it's so far. Yeah. But now it's only 20 minutes, but yeah. still, for him to take that time out and yeah. take me to the gym. Yeah. I mean, and he didn't know where I was going to get to. No. He didn't think I was going to get this far. Why did he take you to the gym? How did that happen? How did that start? I think he did it because he wanted to take me off the streets and he wanted to just kind of give me that focus and something I loved doing. Yeah. He knew I loved boxing and thought, let me put him into something positive. Yeah. And that's what he did, basically. I was a naughty kid when I was young. Why were you naughty? I used to always fight in school. Uh, this was at the age of maybe... Oh, with the kids? With the kids? No, yeah, I, I was just an aggressive kid. Had too much energy. And, 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 and just do silly things. And this was when I was at like, nursery. And my dad then, when I turned six, seven, put me into a boxing club. Right. So I started boxing at like six, what, seven years to be disciplined or...? Disciplined and kind of you burn that energy into something yeah. positive. Instead of me burning it on the streets or burning it by fighting my cousins and yeah. misbehaving, because I had it in me, I needed to take the energy out. And this is the same thing I always tell other people is that when you've got naughty kids or you've got uh, kids that are, ang that are angry, which I was, yeah. you put them into something positive, like a boxing gym, let them burn energy in the yeah. right way, you know? It must have been good for your discipline in terms yeah. of, you, you, you wouldn't have been able to get away with anything in the gym, surely? Oh yeah, so I remember when, um, when my boxing coach said to me, if you misbehave in school, which I used to misbehave in school, yeah. you're not allowed back in the gym. And, I'm, and that was like, me going to the gym was like the best thing ever for me. Yeah. And if someone ever said to me that I'm not allowed to go back in that gym again, then it would have been, it would have been, would have been like a tough thing, you know yeah. what I mean? It would have been hard for me. So I started to behave then. So boxing gave me that discipline. Yeah. And it also kept me off the streets, messing around with my friends. It gave me focus. And another thing which the people would never believe, I was a bit of a fat kid. <laughs> I was a chubby kid. I always had fat, I was what chubby. Was that? What was that through? Eating a lot. What, chocolate? <laughs> food? What? Yeah, food, chocolates, crisps. I had really bad teeth. I, I mean, I was really bad. And um, my nickname was Fatty at home because I was like a little Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? Like that, baby, walking around and I used to be like a little bit of a tough, tough nut. But, um, and boxing helped me lean up, get me in shape. And now it's good when I, every time I look at myself and I have a six pack, I look at myself and think, <laughs> I, I remember when people used to call me a fatty now. You know what I mean? So, was your dad yeah. tough with you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was tough. He was tough with me. The little brother obviously got a little bit easier. Yeah. I got it the hardest, I think. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I don't know why I got the hardest. Maybe because uh, he maybe he had to put drill that discipline into me being the oldest uh, of the yeah. brothers and sisters so that way I could look after them later. Yeah. And it disciplines me as well. Is so, that naughtiness gone through your life or has it stopped, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it could pop back in. Uh, it pops back in. Has pop. it gone now, the naughtiness? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to say that. I mean, yeah, sometimes it like, probably tries to sneak up on me again, but I mean, I'm like... <laughs> but you have, no, you have naughtiness at the start of your life. Yeah. Does that not mean, and I'm going to throw right to the end here, yeah, just yeah, a yeah. bit. Does, does retirement not scare you a little bit in terms of all the time that you're going to have on your hands and the time you have to fill? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, because, look... What do you do now? He sent I'll, you to the gym. Focused. What's your gym now? Because you're not going to the gym. Yeah, I mean, now it's just business and stuff. I've got a few uh, properties I've got. I do a lot of properties here and there. That kind of gives me a bit of peace doing that. Um, investing my money with different things. So I've, I've got things like that going on. But still, it's not that same adrenaline I used to get 
getting punched in the face yeah. or giving a punch to someone. So now it's like, what do I do? And it, and it does get you bored at times. I think, you know, this mental health as well is a very big thing. And, and it's good that people start talking about it and, and, and showing it out there because, I mean, it's happened to the best of us from like Tyson Fury. And other fights are. Have you had problems? I have had massive problems. In back in 2016, I had a big fallout with my wife and everything. I, I didn't box. Two years at the ring, um, put on weight. Was not happy with myself. What was you it with you? What, what was? What was? I the... don't know. I don't know. It was. I, I just. Um, you know what it was? Basically, I, I had a hand operation. Lucky hands, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So I had, a, I had a hand operation, and what happened was. I went back to training and, I, and I, it, started, it was still hurting me. Yeah. And I had to get another operation on it. Then another operation, I had three operations on it before it was all right. And I thought, I, I really thought that I was never going to fight again. I thought my hand's not going to let me fight. And then it kind of put me on a downer, knowing that I'm at the peak of my career, but I can't fight. And this is back in 2016. And I go, what do I do with myself now? Yeah. And at that time, I made some silly investments, which were not paying me back. I'm thinking, how am I going to live my life? I read that you lost five million. Is that right? Yeah, in the investment? Lost, yeah, I lost about five million quid in that's, investment. That's, and it's a lot of money. That's and and that, was, that was at the same time of my hand operation. So knowing that you can't fight again, so I told you, you've lost some money. You lost five million quid into a, in, a, in a deal. What was that? What happened there? So Just... I built a wedding hall, which probably I probably uh, end up costing me about twelve and a half million pound, where oh, it really should have where? cost me in Bolton. <laughs> Yeah, it's here, it's massive. We should have gone there. We should have gone there. there. Should've, no, listen. 12 million for a wedding hall in Bolton? Yeah, massive. But yeah. how's that happened? I just think that. You Did know, someone take the piss out of you? Yeah, yeah you know, I was in training camp and everyone was away and, and someone I need, we need this, we need that, we need this. Are we getting this done? It's this much. Are you still saying yes? Yeah, and I just came, okay, because I'm a nice guy, that's why. <laughs> oh, no. But then, you know, you know what helped me a lot, though, was having my wife, getting my wife involved in it. Yeah. Then my wife started scrutinizing every little payment, making yeah. sure, what's this for? And I was paying bills. Like at this would the builders were very, very smart because they sent me the same invoice back again. Oh, it was a mistake, but they'll send it. And before, maybe I was paying for it all. You were double like, paying? Yeah, I'll pay double paying, triple paying probably, I don't know. So luckily I got the wife involved and she then started checking everything and said, she called the company back and said, I'm sure we paid this. Oh, sorry, we set in by accident. But where's your manager? Where's your personal? I didn't have one then. I had a fallout with everyone. I had a fallout with my family. I had a fallout with everyone at that time. You fell out with everybody in your life? 2016, I fell out with everyone. And your dad as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I walked away from everyone. And uh, for them two was that, years... Was that your hard. problem or their problem? What was making you do See, that? See, what made me do that was um, I've seen a lot of money getting missing. And I thought, why is it going here? Why is it going there? Why is this? Why is that not my name? And why you just rejected everyone, eh? And, I, and, then, and then at the same time, some problems happened with the, with the wife and the stuff that I probably, probably read in the media and stuff. And I, so it, obviously, I was stuck in the middle. I'm yeah. getting pressure from this side. I'm getting pressure from that side. I'm the son who's made the money. I'm the guy who's, who's, uh, who's, the, who's the name. But I'm the one who's get, dealing with all the problems. Yeah. Really, I should be leaving me alone. And I just want to get away. And uh, that kind of just sent me a bit cuckoo, really. How were you to live with it at that time? Um, for your wife? It was hard. It was hard, man. Yeah. It was easy, man. It was, it was very hard because, I mean, the wife really found it hard because she's from America and she's moved here. She's into a place like Bolton, has no family, has no friends. It was hard for her. I mean, at the same time, it was hard for my family as yeah. well because to accept someone else in and they thought that she's not getting on with them. So I was stuck in the middle, you know what I mean? And it was really hard. Mentally, it was really hard for me. And one of the things that helped me get through all the problems like this yeah. was going into I'm a Celebrity Jungle. That was one of the reasons I went right. in there because I needed to get away from all the pressure. Yeah. Everything around me, I needed to get away from. And it fell on my lap and I said, you know what, I don't mind doing do that. It. And I didn't do it for the money, I did it because I want to get away from everything and yeah, I want to yeah. be me. 
because I was around so much drama yeah. in my life at that time. Did you see anybody? Did you see a psychiatrist, a psychologist? Nothing. I've never no ever one. seen. I've never ever seen a. You've had no no psychiatrist nah. or psychologist. That's one in your thing. Life. That's one thing about boxing. You know, with boxers, they make a lot of money, but we don't have the the system that the footballers have uh, and the football teams have. We have no psychologists. We don't have no nutritionists. We have nothing. We have to go there and employ them ourselves. Yeah, now yeah. you think, why am I going to pay someone fifty grand a, a year? Why am I going to pay someone? You like forget. It. Then I think I'm going to go there and pay. Uh, 500 quid a psychiatrist. Yeah. Well, do I need him? No, I'm okay. So we don't need it unless it's, it's put on you. Yeah. Like, I don't know if a footballer, is it, is it put on you? Yeah, like, do you yeah. have to. No, I think we have. The, the, so there's available, at each football club, there's a psychiatrist that you can go to. Is it always see. available? It's, it's always a psychiatrist wow. or a psychologist. Yeah, so you, at least it's there. So in a boxing gym, like a proper big boxing club, they should have one. Yeah, they should, yeah. Or maybe in, in, in maybe each region. Yeah, yeah. They don't have that. See, that's where a lot of fighters go mad because after their career, they left alone, no one talks about him. Yeah. It's done. Luckily, I got a bit of a name where the people will still want to talk to me, get to know me and stuff yeah. like that. But with a lot of these other fighters who are not really that big that big of a name, people forget about them, they go, they go mad. They've had money, then the money gets, gets taken off them. They, they mentally, you know, when you're in a routine all your life and you stop that routine and you, you think, what do I need to do? This is when you need help mentally. Yeah, yeah. Someone to talk to you, someone to tell you how you move forward, someone to help you on the business side as well. No one to help you in boxing. You're on your own. You said that uh, I'm a Celebrity pulled you out of it, but when you came out of the jungle, yeah. was that the point whereby you then started to reintegrate all the family, you yeah. know, your dad and everything? Did you just go and see them straight away or did it happen gradually after yeah, that? It happened gradually, but then everyone had their own egos. So before I went in the jungle, I kind of told everyone, look, I want everything to be normal, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I was in the papers for crazy stuff. Yeah. Messing about with women, chilling yeah. out with this girl, chilling out with that girl. I mean, I was I was going through a bit of a mad time myself as yeah. well. I wanted to leave my wife then. Yeah. Had the problem with Anna Joshua, which I feel really bad for because at the end of the day, I put him in the firing line for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was a friend of mine, and since then we've never spoken. You know what I mean? So I lost a good friend through that as well. Does it get to you things like you know not speaking to Anthony Joshua since? Does that get to you still? Yeah. I mean, because the guy did nothing wrong and I kind of just took it on him, really. Why did you do that? Do you, do you still know to this day why you did it, or...? No. No. You just thought, I'm going to go for it and just... No, what happened was, so my wife, um, obviously me and her were not talking, and she, said, she sent me a message, she said, look, so many fighters messaging me. Uh, and because she showed me a message of, I need Joshua saying hi to her or something. I mean, I lost it. it. I said, yeah. who the hell is he saying hi to yeah. my wife? like. I mean, even though he was cool with me, maybe just being respectful. Ollie yeah, was yeah. being respectful. Nothing ever happened. But you weren't in a good place at that I, time. Yeah, I just flipped out on everyone. And then all my mates were like, bro, are you mad? You just, you just tweet something. Um, but the guy, is a, he's a nice guy. We know him. Yeah. Even his own personal friends were calling me. I was like, nah, I don't want to talk to you guys. So Was yeah. that a case of you just getting to a point in your life where you wouldn't listen to anybody, yeah. you couldn't take any advice on board, and yeah. you had to just come through that difficult patch yourself. I had to come through that difficult patch, yeah, definitely, because at that time, when I needed people's help, they weren't there for me. Uh, and, and so I wanted to then do things myself, yeah. my way. I said, I'm gonna do things then, I'm gonna be selfish. Yeah. And that's what I was, I've become too selfish that I started making a lot of mistakes, yeah. and I started turning nasty, and turning, becoming a bad person, really. And uh, That's not you, though, is it? it? It was never me, it was never me, and I was never happy with myself. Yeah. Doing all this stuff, I was really upset deep down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I was hurt, um, and I was, I was in a very, very bad, uh, very bad position at that time. There's a lot of fighters who don't have these things I have. 
Yeah. And the mental health thing is a big thing. I want to start talking more about that because when you retire, you are forgotten about. Yeah. No one wants to know you. It's so sad to see that there's other fighters out there who need our help and support. So I want to be a voice for them. I'm here. This is the most famous shop in Bolton. It's been here since 1667. Amazing. Handcrafted let me, let me pieces, pieces of art. <laughs> really? I've been coming here since the age of six or seven with my mum and dad. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's unbelievable. These are the best pastas in the world. That queue every day. I thought they were here for us then. <laughs> they do not want me and you, they want pastas. Yes. 122 years been in the family. Would you sell it? Yeah. No. Come on. Come on. Do you want partners? Do you want partners? Seriously, anybody who lives near here, get to Bolton to ye old pasty shop. It's unbelievable. I'm here, we're in Halliwell, we've come out of Bolton Town Centre and just yep. tell us a little bit about this place and how special it is to so, you. Yeah, I opened this place about uh, 10 years ago. I wanted to give something back to the community because what boxing did for me, um, you know, it, um, it's opened a lot of doors for me, it's given me a good life and, I, and I've done this for a lot of kids and you, you won't believe it but Tyson Fury started off his boxing career here as well. Did he? And it's always his cousin did as well so they used to train out here, training in our gym because we still have amateurs training there as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now we have Joe Gallagher and, and like Paul Smith, Stephen Smith, uh, yeah. Andy Crawler. Yeah. So they all train over here as well, so, and they still train over here. So it's amazing, I mean, the, what the gym's done for us, uh, giving someone back to the Bolton. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. Let's take us in, but just in terms of sort of now, your yeah. post-career, you've retired maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm retired, trust me, I'm done. You've retired. Yeah. You know, how big a part in your career do you think training will be? in the next 20, 30 years. Do you think you'll get back into the gym? Because you've stopped altogether at the moment, haven't I've, you? I've, I've fully stopped it, yeah. I don't want to train. I just don't want to think about, just that thought about going back in the training camp because it was that gruelling and that hard. I just don't want to be around that again. I'm just going to chill for a year, but I think I will go back in the gym yeah. again just to keep fit because I don't really want to put a belly on. I don't want to put a fat. I want to still have <laughs> that shape and that definition. I still want to look decent, you know what I mean? See, what's going to help me a lot as well is doing TV work. I do a lot of TV work and stuff, so. Obviously, you have to be in good shape for that as well, you know? So, <laughs> that's, what happened. Overweight. No, that's what happened to me two years after I finished. I, well, you didn't do nothing for two years, didn't you? No, and I put some, you know, I was getting tweets 
Oh, yeah. So yeah. You put a bit on them. Yeah, things like getting called chunky and, uh, really? yeah, you put, a bit, you, you put a bit of timber on that, things like timber, that. Yeah, yeah. cheeky on there. Yeah, it hurts you a little bit. It hurts you, but it's, it's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, bro, you put a bit of timber on it, you're like, mm, so, right, what about in terms of mental health as well and training? Yeah. I mean, is that, is that another reason for you to get back into the gym Definitely, as well? Definitely, because I'm getting so bored now. I'm, it is kind of hitting me now. That what do I do? But luckily, doing a lot of the filming I'm doing and also with... Uh, with all the work I'm doing, doing boxing events in places like Dubai, Pakistan, yeah. England, I'm doing boxing shows, I'm like a promoter as well. That keeps me occupied, but there's a lot of fighters, there's a lot of people out there who don't have um, these things I have. Yeah. And, you know, the mental health thing is a big thing. I want to start talking more about that because when you retire, you are forgotten about. Yeah. No one wants to know you. Once you retire, you say you're done. Yeah. And it's funny, it's so sad to see that there's other fighters out there who need our help and support, so I want to be a voice for them. Yeah. What do you think the next 20 years looks like? In next 20 years what, for what, me? Yeah, is it business? Is it the sort of promotion? Is it the is it the going on television, talking about other fights? The punditry? Yeah. You know what, it's funny because I was asked, to, what do you ever run for the Mayor of London? Mayor of Someone London? Someone said that. And I was like, what? Mayor of Bolton, not London. Mayor of London, they were saying London, they said, don't need to go big style. <laughs> don't need to go big. You go into politics? I don't want to, but I mean, the chair for me in the Pakistan as well, they've asked me to join politics there, become the sports minister. And I'm like, hell no. Like, I wouldn't. But that, like I said, then I think twice, I think, should I? Is that Labour or Tory? Labour. You like Boris Johnson? Yeah, I mean, he's all right. You like Boris Johnson? He's all right. I mean, look, I know his dad really well. Stanley was in the jungle with me. Oh, <laughs> now, me, me and Stanley got a bit tight, you know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep it cool with Stanley. Otherwise, you call me up, Sammy, what are you saying about my son? Is he texting you? He's still texting We have a group still on there. Oh, on that's freaking phone. me out a little bit. Yeah. I'm here, no, Stanley Johnson. Stanley's like, right, man. Stanley's my boy, man. I never had you for politics. Nah, I mean, look, I don't know where I'm gonna end up. I'm gonna end up somewhere, but I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be a fun, fun thing. So yeah. There's no plan. Is it just a case you'll just go where you think, you know, people? People ask yeah, you, you know things. What? Yeah, I get asked all the time to what are you gonna do? What do you wanna get into? Let's go in the gym, know, let's go in the gym. I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm just gonna go with the flow. You know, I always say God's the best of planners. He's gonna I'm sure he's gonna put me on the right path. Two guys ran over to me, pulled a gun to my head. Your life just flashes yeah. right past you and you've seen the room full of friends and then when you lose a fight, the room's empty. I've even had that as well. So boxing is a tough sport. Would you be happy waking up every day not knowing what you're going to do next, not knowing what you're going to do in the morning? Could you but live like that? I can't live like that because, it's, in a way, I'm, I'm living like that now. What, what am I and doing And it's not now? working. And it's not working because it, it, it gets you upset. You, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a routine. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Every <laughs> day, I'm just waking up and so... I mean, I knew this was today. I mean, even though I come a little bit late, but I mean... You're going you're gonna to come out of retirement. Because like just for that routine, someone's going to grab you, someone's going to make know, you an offer. You know, you know what it is? Um, they've got me, I'm in, the, I'm in that position now where I'm very vulnerable and I don't know what's going on, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I do a lot of charity work. Yeah. Um, I, I've got a couple of businesses going on, I'm opening a massive wedding hall with about, about 60,000, 70,000 square foot. I'm just doing a, oh damn, I just remember this as well. I got a meeting with the, the back land, I got a back land meeting, I've just cleaned it all up and I'm getting some houses put there. <laughs> Can you believe that? Seriously, not that big so you're, you're building developments. I'm doing developments as well. But who's yeah. doing that with you? Who? So I've got I've got a company. That's who I've got. A okay. I've got a couple of companies that are going. Is that why you've got to rush off your Zoom call at one o'clock? Yeah. So I've got. A, yeah. I've got so a you gym. came late, and now you've got to rush off your Zoom yeah. call. Yeah. 
I, mean, I live on the edge every time. <laughs> so I got, I got a JV, I'm going to do so on. So, that, so I think that kind of stuff is going to keep me busy. Yeah. You know, doing, like, you know, doing work like that. At the same time, I have a holiday home in Dubai, so I spend a lot of time over there with my kids. But my job is to see my kids grow. I want to see them grow now and I want to be a good father to them, you know what I mean? What does a good father to you mean? You know, taking them to school, taking them to activities, spending time with them, giving them that time. You know, I'm so busy in my life that my kids are saying to their mom, because daddy's too busy, he never spends time with us, you know, stuff like that. It's not nice when, you know, and she's eight years old now and I'm like, you know, daddy has to work to give you guys a good life, mm. you know? Uh, so I want to spend more time with them and... What do they think of the boxing, the children? They love it. They like yeah, it? Yeah, oh man. So my, my, my daughter, obviously, she goes to a school in, in Dubai and um, they, they literally love her because of... Uh, they always want me to go to school yeah. and give the kids a talk and yeah. stuff and she gets like the VIP treatment. So I don't know how many people get this, but as soon as she admitted to that school, the, the head of the school, the owner of the school, took me and the wife out for dinner. Are you on the governor's? Are you on the parent governor's board? Yes, sir. I mean, the one is on there, but I don't so know. So you know Stanley Johnson. You're on the parent <laughs> governor's board. This is—it's not very bold to this. Oh man, it's just, and, I, and I love coming back. That's why I love coming back to Bolton. I spend normal time here because I'm treated like a normal person. Bolton's probably the only place where I am left alone and I'm quite chilled. Like you won't get hounded or you won't get bothered yeah. that much. People. Appre- you know, they'd appreciate you, but leave you to it. Yeah. We're walking through town centre, it was it's all no right, it was okay. It's home, isn't it? It's, it's only home. when you go to Manchester and stuff like that, that's when people, people don't see you there. Yeah. But that's what I love about Bolton, I think the people are really over here and, and they do a good fish and chips. They had a good pasty today. <laughs> good see, that's pasty. the first time I went. First time I went there. You'll go again, won't you? I'm going to definitely go there again now, yeah. And why Dubai? You know, what happened was I was um, involved in a, a bit of an incident, took my watch, put a gun put to my head. And um, at that time, we had just bought holiday home, but it was just there for the holidays yeah. when we go with the kids and um, the prices were quite low. So we bought at a good time, yeah. so we in profit. So then what happened was when that gun was put to my head and- Where was that? In London. It happened in London. I went for, I went for a steak with my wife for a steak. And, Whereabouts? Uh, we went to East London that time. Right, okay. Yeah, so what happened was I'm walking out, the, walking out to the car two guys ran over to me. Now, I, I know a lot of people in East London, so I thought maybe it's one of my mates just messing yeah. about. When he pulls a gun to my head, and, and I didn't know, you know, obviously life just flashes yeah. right past you, and you think, what's this guy want? Like, because I didn't know he was after the watch. Yeah. He, and so I, I just had to turn away because I didn't want to look at the gun. Yeah. And it's on camera as well. They had luckily they had the footage of it. So I look away and uh, he says, take off your watch. When he said that, I took it off. And I just part, they would look at him handed yeah. it to him because they wouldn't even no. react or fight back because then the day I got a family, yeah. got kids, my wife's right next to me. And, and she ran back, she, luckily she wasn't too close to me, she ran back on the road again yeah. because she saw someone when someone jumped at me. And that kind of gave me a bit of a, and, and it's not only now, it's happening every day, there's something happening in London, even Manchester now, yeah. things happening like this all the time. And I thought, let me just go away for a couple of years, spend some time in Dubai, away from, all this, like in Dubai, I can wear what I want. I can wear my nice watches. I yeah. can wear my nice clothes. I can wear. I can go out and drive nice cars. I can. No one's gonna bother you there. Yeah. But when you come back here, there's always that element of jealousy as well. And also, I don't want to rub it in people's faces because if I buy a nice car, I buy it because I appreciate how hard I've worked for it. I don't want to buy a nice car and people thinking, oh, look at him. The country's going through problems yeah. and he's gone and buy, bought a nice car. Yeah. So I don't. Just yeah. To get away security. And the security is the main thing, you yeah. know what I mean? Do you feel unsafe in this country? I do, yeah. I mean, I, see, we, where, where we live in Bolton, we have two big uh, houses next to each other. And um, I used to always be scared when I used to go off to do some work. 
I used to be like my wife's at home alone. I mean, even though we had gates and stuff there and security, but I thought, like, nah, it's just dangerous. I got, she's, she's with three kids. And I used to be like, I always think, oh, is everything all right? Okay, I'll be back in a couple of hours, you know? So I don't want that worry no more, whereas now I don't have that worry no more. There's been a massive uh, amplification of uh, the, the message around inequality and racism in football yeah. in the last two or three years. Have you suffered that and what are your experiences of that in your life growing up in Bolton but also through your boxing career? Early in my career I used to get a lot of it and it used to, it used to hurt me and affect me and upset me as well. And, uh, but now, obviously, I just read the comments and I just put it to a side. But what about growing up in Bolton? Growing up in Bolton was brilliant, honestly. It was lovely, it was very multicultural. Then, you didn't suffer Never, growing, never. No. It was very multicultural. A lot of my uh, English friends would go play football. Not that I was good, I had two left feet, I was the worst footballer ever. But we used to play football together, cricket together. Yeah. We used to walk to the boxing gym together. I used to train, all the guys in the boxing gym were English. I was the only Asian at that time in yeah. the boxing club. Because at that time, people were saying, I was stupid going to boxing. I used to go to the mosque, yeah. and the local mosque, I used to leave 15 minutes early. And they said, why are you going to 15 minutes? The, you know, the principal yeah. there. You can't leave. Yeah. And uh, them days, they were allowed to hit you on the hands with a, with a stick. So I'll get hit on the hand for a stick for leaving early. I said, because I have to leave because I'll go boxing. They go, what's boxing going to do for you? Now the same people are calling me back there to give it, the kids a speech about what, how my life's changed and what sport's done for me. Do you feel like you've been a, a pioneer for, you know, Asians. young Asian yeah, children? I mean, basically, you, know, you say you're the only, uh, you know, Pakistani young boy in your gym. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure. Uh, you're the only, but then at the same time, you, you always recognise that's something you can't. Every time I used to go to, I remember the days when I used to fight in the championships and it was full of English people yeah. in the crowd. I was the only Pakistani guy with my dad there, my uncle, with a massive camera. With them days, I had the big cameras, yeah. they're holding a big camera, come on, I'm here, come on. <laughs> and um, noticed everywhere. And everywhere we went, people knew who yeah. Amikon was. And it was because, you know, I was going there. And the way I had to get my respect was to win, by winning. Yeah. I had to go in there and knock people out and hurt people and beat people up to, to get respect. Same in America, when I went to America at first, it was like starting fresh over here because no one knew me in America before. Yeah. How I got, gained my respect is by sparring Manny Pacquiao, putting, putting him, yeah. put, hurting him in sparring, and winning fights over there, knocking out people like Zab Judah and yeah. other fight Klaus or them guys. And that's what gave me the respect. Yeah. What would you like your legacy to be when people look back on your boxing career? I want my legacy to be remembered like, I mean, open the door to the Asian boxers, the, the Asian people out there, open boxing to them. At the same time, I think the second youngest world champion, champion. coming out of Britain which is yeah. a massive achievement, and the youngest Olymp Olympic medalist. So, you know, I want someone to be here one day, yes, but at the same time, I want people to remember that, you know, how hard it was for me, and I, always ne I never gave up. I always kept pushing. Being Asian, having obstacles in front of me, you know, at times having racism in front of me as well, I still came through it all. And it was just by working hard and having a dream and chasing a dream. We have this section on the overlap called failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. Okay. Meaning that basically, if you fail or if you lose, yeah. it doesn't last forever. Okay, it's yeah. not permanent. Yeah. It, it, someone sent it to me when I did a really bad job in football at Valencia and I got sacked after four months and they sent me this message called failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. And it's about a low point in okay, sport. Okay. What's that low point for you? Low point for me is Danny Garcia fight. It was a unification, undisputed fight for all the titles on the, yeah. on, all the titles were on the line. It was a fight I, I should have won. It was a fight I was winning anyway. I caught the shot, just being complacent. 
I remember in training camp, I took training camp fun. I was having fun. I was chilling out. It was around Halloween time because I went out in, on Halloween that night. And I thought to myself, it was a wake-up call for me because if I didn't do those things, I would have won that fight. I you didn't prepare properly. I didn't prepare properly. And also my focus was on there. I thought, I'm going to walk into this fight. This young guy's going to try to beat me. I'm going to destroy him, which I was in the first three, four rounds, bang, bang. Yeah. I, I had promoters after with the fight telling me that we thought you were going to knock him out after two, three rounds. Literally the way you were beating him up. But, you know, you got caught. I got caught with the overhand left. And then I went down, I got back up again and started fighting again. And obviously it was just never in my senses. And the worst thing about that was that I went back into a war again to show that because I was a young, gutsy fighter. Yeah. But I should have been smarter and stepped back and said, okay, I'm gonna compose myself, use that jab, stay behind it, until I recover properly, then I'll go into war again. So, you know, those are the things that kind of made me a better person, a stronger person. And how you've seen the room full of friends, and then when you lose a fight, the room's empty. I've even had that as well. So boxing is a tough sport. Amir, thank you so much. I've mean, really enjoyed today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.